Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Jen Lee, a debt and credit attorney and owner of Jen Lee Law. Jen shares ideas and strategies with some of the best ways to get out from under financial distress. Jen has been featured on Consumer Affairs, U.S. News and World Reports, and other national publications for her smart strategic programs that help individuals and corporate America rebuild after a financial disaster. On today's episode of the One Big Tip podcast, it may just be what you need in order to help you overcome your financial stress that you are dealing with right now in your life. So we're going to talk about a bunch of strategies today. Jen, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jeff. It's great to be here. Cool. So I want to talk to you a little bit, first of all, about the path you took, not only from becoming an attorney, but specifically being an attorney that helps out in, you know, like in financial distress and, you know, getting out of debt and all that. That sounds more like a financial planner than what an attorney would be involved with. So I was wondering if you can give us a little bit of a background of who you are and what makes you so awesome. Thank you. Well, you would think that would be a financial planner, but all the financial planners in the room are going, ah, please don't talk to us about debt and how to get out of debt because they'll say that's an attorney. So I went to law school as a second career. Before law school, I was in the insurance and financial planning world already, and I did a lot of with numbers and underwriting. And so I came from a background of finances and, and being interested in finances. When I went to law school, I thought I would do estate planning because it made sense with all the industry designations I had and all of the um, licenses and things like that. But when I got to law school, I hated estate planning. I, it was boring to me. It was a lot of words, no numbers, and I'm much more action-oriented and strategic. So when I graduated from law school, it was in 2009. And if you'll remember back to 2009, it was a huge recession and a lot of people were struggling. And to me, bankruptcy and debt and credit made a lot of sense at the time because I was opening my own firm and I had to go somewhere where there would be clients available for me. So I started working with clients who were mostly looking for a bankruptcy attorney and filed a lot of bankruptcies, helped individuals and small business owners through that process. But the, as the economy improved, I felt that there were still a lot of people out there who needed help with debt and credit and financial stress that would never have talked to a bankruptcy attorney. They didn't know where to turn to. They watched late night television commercials on settle your debt for pennies on the dollar type things. And they were getting bad, not necessarily advice because they weren't even giving advice on those commercials, but they were getting bad information to base their decisions on. So then I started focusing more on how do I get people to understand that there are, are options out there. It may not have to be bankruptcy, but there are some options from a legal standpoint. And also it does cross over into a financial management standpoint to figure out what's going on. And then about 
six years ago, I had this elephant that you'll see all over my website and everywhere. And the elephant in the room, I always joke, is that 70% of Americans have a debt or credit problem of some sort. And so there are a lot of people out there in the situation that don't know where to turn. And that's kind of how I got into what I'm doing these days and advising people both inside and outside of bankruptcy on what to do with their finances. So I guess the first rule of getting of getting out of debt is don't get into debt, right? But that's not not necessarily easy, right? You know, it's like uh, things pop up. You want to buy a house. You know, there's good debt versus bad debt. There are a multitude of ways, like you know, people can get themselves, you know, mm-hmm. into this kind of into this kind of trouble, into this kind of frustration, and then all of a sudden not have a plan to necessarily get themselves out. And making more money in order to do that does not, you know, isn't necessarily a good plan unless you do have a viable way and a viable path that this year I'm making X amount and next year I'm going to be making 50% more, 100% more, whatever that is, right? Let's talk a little bit about, you know, like some of the options, like what, like, what does that look like when you talk to people about, okay, you know, here's how you got here. But now let's talk about, you know, A, how you're going to deal with it in the short term. And then what do you do medium and long term in order to mitigate those problems? And that's a really important question, too, is we can solve it in the short term sometimes, but we have to look at long term to see, make sure you don't get back in that situation. And I would say that most of the people I talk to aren't in the situation they're in because of overspending. It's this myth that's out there that people are living beyond their means. And have you seen the inflation numbers these days? People are, aren't living beyond their means these days. So it's this myth out there, but people are ashamed and the stigma associated with having debt and financial problems. And so my first discussion tends to be, okay, what caused this? Was it a divorce? Was it medical bills? What, what caused this? And let's see if we can fix that part first. And then we start looking at options from least, I would say least aggressive to most aggressive. And when we're talking most aggressive, we're probably getting into the bankruptcy options. And least aggressive is the budgeting side of things. Can we budget out of this? What do the numbers look like? I tend to look at things from a very non-emotional perspective, I guess. I just look at the numbers. And so it's easy for me to say, oh, you should stop eating out so much or, oh, you should stop doing this. Well, we have to also build their emotions into what they're doing. And so when we're looking at budgeting, there is not a one size fits all for everybody. And I know there are systems and programs out there for that. And I disagree. It's very controversial, but I disagree with most of them because the best system is the one you're actually going to follow or use. It's the same thing with dieting or whatever else you're doing. You have to have a system you're going to use. So if we're looking at budgeting, first we look at the income coming in and if there's going to be no changes in the income, we have to figure out the expenses. That's the other side of the equation. If that is looking very, not bleak, but hard to put together a plan, then we start looking at this consolidation option. Should we consolidate some debt? Should we use equity in our house, which is also can be an okay option, but also may not be a great option because if you don't pay credit card debt, they don't, like nothing's going to happen to you bad in the short term and long term possibly. But if you don't pay your mortgage on your house, which is what an equity line is, there's a foreclosure and you don't have a place to live. So I'm always looking at things from the perspective of how do we keep the four walls over someone, the roof over someone's head, the family going and that kind of thing. So consolidation may be an option. There are consolidation loans out there. There are a lot of scams out there in that world too, 
where they'll say you qualify for something and then you find out that it's obscene interest or you're really doing debt settlement and not consolidation. So if we look at consolidation and your score is not your credit score, which I do a lot of credit score discussions, is not fairly good above 700, consolidation may not be an option with the interest rates the way they are on most consolidation loans. Then we start talking about debt settlement. And Jeff, I tell you, debt settlement is one of those love-hate relationships because debt settlement is an option for some people, but most of the time, the big plans that put you into these settlement programs are not good for your credit. They're not good for your mental health. And they tend to be things that you fail out of for debt settlement. There is a right way to do debt settlement. So that's not it. You know, I think the biggest thing, you know, so I don't know about other countries, but at least here in the U.S., you know, I went through a divorce, right? And, you know, she didn't pay some stuff that was under my name. Okay, fine. I just let it ride. But what happened was as soon as the credit card wrote it off, right, that became a taxable event for me, right? And then it's like, wait a second. I thought I was done with this. But when the credit card company writes off like $30,000, they say, all right, we're just not going to collect anymore. We're done with you. That's it, right? All of a sudden- that's income, right? And that's yes. income and that goes on your tax bill. And just when you think that you're going to get, you know, maybe $500,000, $2,000 back, boom, you get a $4,000 tax bill and yeah. you're like, whoa, wait a second. All right. Yep. Yeah, Got to rethink that one, right? Especially with the new stuff that's going on. You do, so, yeah. Well, that could really be, you know, that could really be significant. That's something that, you know, you really need to think yeah. about. And also when a company writes off a debt, that doesn't mean they're not going to collect it. Writing it off is an accounting term, an IRS term. So they're required to write it off their books, but that collection can still go on for years depending on the statute of limitations in your state that that you're in. So people often think that something's been charged off, it means they don't owe it anymore. And then it comes back as a lawsuit in four years. So it's one of those things to be careful of, yeah. Let me ask you something. In your experience, you know, spe- specifically in terms of credit card debt, you know, non-secured personal debt, do credit card companies try to go after people with lawsuits? It just seems like that would be like a diminishing return journey for them. <laughs> they do. They often go after people, and it's, depending on the state that you live in. So I'm in California, and in California, they can garnish wages up to 25% of your income, and they can let 25% of your gross income and they can levy bank accounts. So it's not so much the diminishing returns because people usually have wages and sometimes they have bank accounts. And if they have real property, they can put a lien against your property. So they do sue quite often. And some companies are more aggressive than others at filing lawsuits. But yes, it happens quite a bit. So let's, uh, you know, let's shift over to the more positive side, right? Well, Mm -hmm. positive, right? You know, actually coming up with a plan. Right. So it's one thing, you know, like you have all this, maybe you're paying the minimums and you're getting by, but you're really not making a dent into what really needs to happen, which is, you know, to honestly pay it off. Mm -hmm. What what are some of the things you can do in order to put a plan together and to make that happen? So I'm big on action because a lot of words and a lot of manifesting only does so much. But the first action that people should take is to write down the debts that they have, because I find that probably 50% of my clients, that hurdle is just looking at that number. And so the first thing I tell people to do is write down the debts that you have. What is the balance? What is the minimum payment? And it sounds super scary. 
that to look at that number altogether because it's easy to say, oh, I owe a couple thousand here, I owe 10,000 there. It doesn't sound very big, but then when you write them all down together, you're like, oh, I have $50,000 in credit card debt. And that's a big number that people often scared of. And that number can range widely, by the way. I use round numbers, but I have seen a couple thousand dollars of credit card debt be financially stressful. I've seen three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars of credit card debt where we were managing it. So the, the numbers are all relative. So actionable, the first thing to do is write down what you have. The second thing to do is stop using the credit cards. And I run into this all the time because people will think, oh, I'm going to put on these expenses each month on my credit card and I'll make sure to pay that much off plus my plan payment that I'm going to make to the credit cards. It never happens. It is one of those things where people will come in and say they're going to do that. A year later, they come back if their balances are higher than when they started. Stop using the credit cards. You have to come up with a budget that works without relying on credit cards each month. You can use credit cards when you don't have any balances left, if you're going to get points, whatever, there's all kinds of systems out there for that, but stop using them. And then when you start looking at the plan to pay them off, you have to make more than the minimums. If you are only making minimum payments and that's all your budget can afford, you seriously need to consider a bankruptcy option. And that's not a nuclear option. Bankruptcy is a tool that's out there. A lot of upper class and business savvy business owners use bankruptcy as a tool lower class to middle class, lower income to middle income thinks it thinks it's a stigma. So I encourage you to use it as a tool. But if you can only make the minimums, that should be your clue that you should be looking at a bankruptcy option. If you have money left over each month, after you've budgeted out for all of your in the B word again, budgeting, budgeted out for all of your regular monthly expenses, a savings for, you know, Murphy's things that happen, and you have money left over, I encourage you to pay off a card at a time, basically. There's different versions out there of how to do this. Most of the time, your interest rates are going to be in the 15 to 25% range on most of this debt. So it really doesn't matter if you pay off the highest interest versus the lowest interest, if, unless you want to do it that way. But pick a card and pay it off. Pick a card, pay it off. Just because it gives you the ability to manage fewer and fewer cards as you go. But again, use the plan that works for you. So pick the things you're going to pay off and I would say go out and figure out how long it's going to take to do that. Because if you just say, I'm going to pay X dollars per month and you don't realize how long that is, it really starts getting discouraging at times. And we don't want you to get discouraged basically. So why would you not uh, pay attention to, to the highest uh, APR on your card first? I would imagine that that's the one that's costing you the most money overall. No, Probably, but it usually comes down to just a few dollars. Like when I calculate these out, it comes down to just a few dollars at a time, depending on the balances. And so I will calculate out to see, okay, how much are we spending on the higher interest cards versus the lower interest ones? But usually it's less than like maybe $10 that it makes a difference in the long run. And so people often think that this interest is accumulating on them. But when you make the minimums, you're paying off the interest each time. So if you're adding on to the minimum, you're paying off the principal. So. What about uh, balance transfers? You know, some credit cards offer the opportunity to to be interest free for a year. Yep. Right. If you transfer over there, thing like that should be a crutch. No. Yep. Those are good tools. Crutch is a good word for that. It's a good tool to use. However, it can get you into trouble because then you tend to run up the old card again. So what I see is people will often transfer their balances to the zero percent. They have their twelve month, eighteen month plan, 
And then they come back a year later and that balance on the old card is now back up to the maximum that it was when they transferred it. So you have to be, you have to have the plan in place and then follow it in order to actually make that work. But balance transfers can be very useful. Amazing. Amazing advice. Thank you so much for that. Jen, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about you and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to learn more? Sure. So my website is genlylaw.com. Very easy. And I have a lot of information out there. I have resources. I do a lot of video blog type things. I also have a podcast called Debt Therapy. And the reason why it's called Debt Therapy is because I find that a lot of the things that we do with money are emotional things that we didn't know that we were doing. And so Debt Therapy talks about all those things we wish we would have been taught when we were kids, but no one talked about it. And so debt, it's mydebttherapy.com or debt therapy on any of your podcasting platforms that you look at. LinkedIn is also a great way to get a hold of me. Just look for Jen Lee Law on LinkedIn. Amazing, amazing stuff. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with the audience today and to really break down some of these things because I know debt can be can be a scary thing. And if you don't look at it with a clear head, it can definitely be overwhelming and then just be like this, ah, I got to deal with it today. You know, exactly. and, I gotta yes. and, you know, once you have someone on your side who has a cool head with a plan to take, not so much to take things over, but, but to actually get you out of this and to actually have a, see the light at the end of the tunnel that I think is golden. And, and that's what I think a lot of people really need. So thank you for sharing that today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me here. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip Podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.